Happy Wednesday, everybody. This is the VBAC Link Podcast. We're excited that you're here with us. We have an awesome story. I mean, seriously, though, every story is awesome, right? And this is our friend Kaylee, and she's actually from Illinois. So we're excited to hear her amazingly fast VBAC. And we're also going to talk about precipitous birth and what that looks like and how to know and what to do and all the fun things like that. And before we get going into that, we have Julie with us that's going to review or read a review, I should say. Yeah, absolutely. Before I read a review, I want to tell you something funny. Like, I feel like with my VBAC, or I had a friend, Leslie, she's on episode, I think, 17, uh, the Special Scars episode, the very first one that we did on Special Scars. And it was funny because we were preparing for our VBACs together. Our babies were, like, are born one month apart, so she was due a month before me. And it was really funny because both of our VBACs, like the one thing we did not prepare for is the one thing that happened that was really big for us. And for me, it was I was not prepared for my water breaking before labor or to like actually go into labor before 40 weeks. <laughs> I had my baby on my sister-in-law's wedding day and woke up to my water breaking. Right? I was not prepared for that. I was prepared for everything else, but not that. And then my friend Leslie, her thing was she was prepared for everything and she was expecting to have a super long labor because her first birth that was a cesarean was like 40 something hours like she just did it was so long and the one thing she was not prepared for is to have a baby in two hours and that's what happened with her she had a baby in two hours and so I think it's so so interesting because people think like oh my gosh long labors are so hard but let me tell you these fast labors come with their own set of challenges so it's been a while since we've had a super quick labor on the show and it's going to be fun to talk about that today but as megan said i'm i'm supposed to be doing my job right now and reading a review of the week you know <laughs> me i can't help talk okay so this review is from apple podcast it is from egenda egen e-j-e-n-n-d egenda it's like initials enough but like not quite to where we can go stalk her on facebook and see if she's had to be back or not <laughs> Right, like, don't tease me, Jenda. I need to. I need answers. Okay. Um, her review says, "I found this podcast while I was preparing for a VBAC after two cesareans. Her first was an inverted T. Holy cow! I did not even read that part of the review, which is really interesting because a friend I was just talking about, Leslie, has an inverted T. Isn't that something? Okay. I, I'm sorry. Let me start over. I found this <laughs> podcast while I was preparing for VBAC after two C-sections. First one being an inverted T. I listened to the episodes while I went for my five-kilometer walk a few times a week. The encouragement and knowledge that I gained from listening was a huge factor in giving me confidence to go forward to have the VBAC. I'm happy to share that we welcomed a baby girl via an unmedicated vaginal birth last week. It was harder than I thought, but more beautiful more beautiful than I could have imagined. Thank you for continued work in empowering and educating women to make informed decisions for their own bodies that are not shame or fear-based. I'm eternally grateful for the network of support that was around me. Thank you for being a part of that. Much love from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Oh, Canada. I feel like we have so many people from Canada, like Ontario specifically. Yeah, we do. Like mm -hmm. we're getting feedback. Like we have a lot of VBAC doulas out in Ontario. Our yeah. our business manager website guy is in Ontario. My my husband actually served a mission for our church to Ontario, Canada. So I wonder if that's where we're getting the Canada vibes. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I feel like we're getting pretty popular in Canada with these Canadians. 
<laughs> makes me happy. One thing in the review that I wanted to point out, um, um, empowering and educating women to make informed decisions that are not fear-based. It just reminded me of what Mari Vega said, like fear-based decisions do not belong in your birth. Fear-based decisions do not belong in your birth. They don't. It, it's educated and informed decisions. Those are the kinds that should be in your birth and ones that are followed by your intuition and ones that you feel comfortable with, not ones that are based on fear. And so I really like that she said that in that review. It made me happy. And we, I have closure with that review because she told us already that she had her V-back baby. So yes. I don't have to go try and stalk mm -hmm. each agenda. E yeah. Hey, it's kind of like agenda. All right, I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> you are tuned in to the VBAC Link podcast with Julie Francom and Megan Heaton. VBAC moms, doulas, and educators here to help you get inspired for birth after having a C-section. Together, they have created a robust VBAC preparation course along with this uplifting podcast for women who are preparing for their VBAC. Although these episodes are VBAC specific, they encourage all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a cesarean from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan. Megan. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's get into this amazing story. We will officially turn the time over to you, my love. All right. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. This is pretty cool. I listen to your podcast like so much, so Aww. it's cool to be on it. So I guess I'll just get started. So I wouldn't have a VBAC story if I didn't have a C-section story. So um, I definitely just want to talk about that first. Because it was, you know, it's a big part of my VBAC. So for my first birth, when I got pregnant, I was like so set on having an unmedicated birth. And I feel like I prepared pretty well to do that, but maybe just not with like picking my provider. I kind of just like went with the gynecologist that I was seeing. So I was like, oh, she's nice. This will work. But I did like a lot of reading. I listened to a ton of podcasts. I was like so excited to have a unmedicated hospital birth. And so I had like a good pregnancy and everything. And then when I went into labor, I kind of was like in denial that I was in labor. I stayed home like all morning, all afternoon, tried to labor at home as much as I could. I think around like, so this was back in December of 2018 is when I had my first son. So when I actually like got the, or like I was like, okay, I think I actually am in labor. My husband called our doctor or the OB and she, she was like, yeah, you should probably go into the hospital. So I, um, when I actually like left and went to the hospital and I got checked when we got there and I was already at six centimeters. So I was like so convinced that they were going to be like, you know, you're, you're not even dilated. Cause that's what I heard in so many stories. Like you, your first time you get there and then you're like, Oh, you have to go home. You're, you're only at a centimeter or whatever. So I was like, got to the hospital. I was at six centimeters. I was so excited. I'm like, okay, this is going to happen. We got like admitted to a room and it was I say that was probably around like 6 p.m. 
and I just like labored in the room with my husband. They had asked me in the beginning, like when I got there, if I wanted to get an epidural and I said no. And like, they didn't bug me about it at all. They, uh, they just like would check on us and like everything was going really well with my laboring. And I, I used the yoga ball a ton. I was like so confident that I was, you know, doing like it was, it was going to end up how I wanted it to end up, like what I had planned for. And I think it was around, I mean, the time frame of that birth is like so blurry, but I, I think it was around maybe like 7 p.m. I want to say. So I got into the hospital around 4 p.m. And then around 7 is when I think I was around it like eight centimeters. And they, at, at one point it was when I, I was at nine centimeters actually is when they said, maybe we should break your water. You don't have to do it, but maybe it will help you progress or like, you know, get ready to push. So I was like, okay, I'll, I agreed to that. And they broke my water. And like, at that point, up into that point, like I totally had everything under control. I felt like I was doing such a good job coping with the contractions. I like, you know, I just felt good. And then once they broke my water, I like, I just went from like, you know, onto a whole other level. And I was like stuck in the bed at that point. And pretty much like, I mean, it felt like it was like instant, but I think it was like an hour had passed. And that's like when I started getting the urge to push. So I was like screaming to my husband, like I have, it's like I'm, I need to push, I need to push, and he like gets the nurses, and then all of a sudden like the room is filled with people. It's like, you know, it was just us, and then there was like you know, all these nurses come in, they get the doctor, whoever else was there. I mean, I couldn't tell you, but um, they get everything ready for me to push, even though like I was already pushing as it was because I, you know. You can't really control it once you get that feeling. It's just like, you know, it just happens. So then they start, they, they brought in the doctor and I started doing like the, you know, the actual guided pushes. And I don't know, like it was just so, so hard, <laughs> like so much harder than I was thinking, especially having the whole labor going, like everything was going so well that I was like, like, damn, this part is not what I was expecting. So I keep pushing. They're doing the typical, like my legs back as far as they can go, telling me to hold my breath, you know, the one, two, three, what I don't even, I was basically like half there listening to that, but, but it was like the kind of like yelling at you type thing where they're push, push, push. So um, we were doing that for a couple, couple rounds, I guess. I'm not really sure exactly, but at one point she was like, okay, like, I think she she either said like, this isn't working or like, he's like, I don't know, it's not, he's not coming out or something. So they suggested that we try the vacuum and my like birth plan and my husband knew everything that like, I was like, no to, to this, like, I did not want a C-section. That was like my biggest thing. I did not want to have a C-section. I was so scared of it, and and that's actually the main reason why I didn't get an epidural because I thought that that would cause me for some reason. I thought that would, you know, turn into me getting a C-section. So then when she says like to try the vacuum, I'm like, that's fine because you know I'd rather try that than have to go get a C-section. So they 
try the vacuum, which in order to do the vacuum, they have to give me an episiotomy. So like, <laughs> this, it's hard for me to like tell you the perfect, like how everything went down just because like this is mostly like secondhand from my husband telling me like that what was happening. But like, so I don't like remember them like cutting me or anything, but like this whole time, like I do not have any pain meds or anything. So I get, I get an episiotomy, which I don't like remember feeling, but I, I mean, I had a lot of pain going on already. So, and then they attempted to use the vacuum and the same, I really don't remember the pain is more just like, it's just, you know, crazy experience. So they try that and it doesn't work. So they're like, okay, let's keep pushing again. I, you know, I continue to try pushing and they're basically just saying like, he's not coming down and we need to get him out fast. We need to get him out fast. He's not coming out. So they like call in and at this room, at this point, the room is like completely filled with even more people. And they call in this other doctor who I don't know who he is, but he comes in the room and he's like, what's her epidural level at? And the doctor and my doctor is like, she doesn't have one. Like she's trying to do this unmedicated. So he's, cause he's, he's like, we're going to try forceps. And like, they don't usually do that when you don't have an epidural. So I think, I don't know what made them decide just to do it. I, I honestly don't know. I know they were like using shots of like whatever, like the Novocaine or whatever they put on like just like with a shot. So I think they tried that. And he attempted to use forceps and that pain I do remember because it was like a pain from like my leg all the way up to my arm that I felt. It was like a horrible, horrible feeling. And that didn't work. I think the whole time they were like they were trying to get it around his head and it like just it wouldn't get a get around his head. So it didn't work. And then they, they tried again to do they were like, We're gonna try one more time with the vacuum, but if it doesn't work, we need to get you in. Like, we need to get him out. We need to have a C-section. They tried again with the vacuum, and it, like, kept popping off. It didn't work. So at that point, it was, like, a mad rush to get me to, to the OR to, to get him out. Was so baby's they, heart rate down or what, like, this whole honestly, time? Or what I was the reason why they needed to get baby out? Um, Sorry, the they, question. I don't rem- I'm just yeah. wondering. I don't remember them really like specifically saying hmm. anything about his heart rate. I just assume <laughs> that's what the case was, but hmm. mm-hmm. um he was like so close. Like when I was pushing like he they would like see his head and then it would go back in and see his yeah. head and then it would go back in. So it's like he was in the canal like but he just wouldn't come out. And like I guess I mean Maybe, yeah. I mean, I'm a like you I said, I was half yeah. there because I was yeah. in like the most, you know, I was I oh, was just yeah. out of it. So I, I I'm sure that is part of why they needed him out so fast. Because like when they did rush me to the to the OR, it was like they threw a blanket on me, like rushed me down the hallway. They I, at one point they literally ran into a wall and then oh got gosh. me into the OR and like I had all my like jewelry on still so they were like taking oh. like trying to get out my earrings get out my jewelry and then they like kind of put me on and at this whole point still I'm still having 
the kid like he's still like coming out like you can't control that yeah like, you're pushing. so pushing. He's just, like, pushing oh my goodness so like i'm like put on the the um the operating table and i'm like I don't have a cease or I don't have a epidural. I don't have an epidural because I thought they were just going to like cut me open. Like, cause it was just so, you know, urgent and rushed. And then, then they finally like put them, they put a mask on me and like, and that's like when I went to sleep and I don't remember the rest. Yeah. Like it was just so frantic. So after that, so my son was born at, this was December 12th at 12 AM. So at midnight, that's when he was born. And I woke up probably around like, I want to say it was like 4 a.m. or like 3 a.m. And I was just completely confused. I like had no idea where my baby was. Didn't even, to be honest, know if he was alive because I was so, you know, that everything was just so crazy. And I woke up in, in like a recovery room. My husband was there. But he also didn't know anything that was going on with our son because he didn't even get to go in the, the operating room because it was, I think it's something when you're under general anesthesia, they don't let like other people in there. They like just kind of pushed him aside and was like, get out of the way. Like we got to get this baby out. So um, once we finally, like I woke up and I had like the shakes, you know, all the terrible like like aftermath of C-section and um, the way I met my son was they, it was probably not till like 5 a.m. that they like rolled me on the, I was on the, you know, the bed thing and they like rolled me into the NICU to meet him. And then the first time I meet him is like, you know, he's strapped to like all these tubes and he's at like, you know, it's just, it was terrible. Like it's just a terrible, terrible experience like from the birth to meeting my son and then he ended up having to stay in the NICU for it was just a week and they basically were um, making sure he didn't have brain damage from or wanted to prevent him from having brain damage from the labor or from the birth because he um like I said how he was like in the canal I think that it's I think it's called something like HIE or HE, some condition that they were ma trying to make sure like they prevented. So he was put on this like cooling, this cooling mat for 72 hours, basically like bringing his body temperature down so that like he didn't kind of like yeah. to prevent swelling and stuff. Yeah, like brain um, swelling. Is that HIE, I yeah. think it's correct. It's swelling of the brain. Brain damage increased that. This sounds like with the cooling, but I had a client that had, it sounds like you had a crash cesarean. They had just, something was wrong and they had to get baby out right away. So yeah, that sounds that sounds a lot like when what one of my clients had happened. Yeah, it was it was like so, so terrifying. Like, Oh, and then, I mean, also just him being in the NICU and on that cooling mat, you can't hold him. I, we didn't get to hold him. I, I think it was like four, like three or four days after he was born. Luckily, like every day he got better. Nothing. He didn't have any brain. He's completely, perfectly healthy two-year-old now. But like, you know, just like the worst experience ever. Like it sucked. So it was a hard recovery. I had a episiotomy with a they said it was a third degree tear. Plus I had a C-section. So I had, you know, both 
fun things going on that I had to like, I couldn't, you know, both it's yeah, it sucks. So, um, after that (laughs) fun thing, fun experience, I was like, uh, probably not going to want to have any more kids for a while. So like once I got pregnant again, which was when my son was like 13 months. So at that point, like, I mean, I was recovered. I still had like so much fear from that experience. Just like, you know, fear of having like when I I knew I wanted to have more kids, but it was just like, how are they going to come out? (laughs) Because I didn't want to have a planned cesarean for another like for you know another child because I you know still even just the thought of a c-section like just still really freaked me out and I just didn't want to have to do that and I figured like since I had a c-section that's what was going to end up happening happening was like I would just you know have to get like a planned a planned one for the next time but like I knew that I knew what there, I knew that there was VBACs. I knew that it was a thing. Literally the second that I got pregnant or found out I was pregnant, the second time I started listening to your podcast and I like just nonstop was listening to all the stories. And it's like one of the reasons why I was like, okay, like I can totally do this. I was still so scared like to even try just because I was that fear of like that happening again. Like, cause I was like, maybe my, cause one of the things that they mentioned was like, oh, your pelvis is probably just too small to give birth vaginally. So like, I always had that in my head, like, oh, I'm just like, my, you know, I can't do it. My body can't do it. And it like really made me like doubt myself for the next time. So I was just kind of like, I'm going to go for it, but I'm just going to have to do things differently. So when I, um, you know, I got pregnant, it was like the start of coronavirus stuff. So like, it was really weird in the beginning, because, you know, I didn't really have many like doctor appointments, everything was like on the phone. And then with like restrictions at hospitals, and they weren't really sure if I should like if they were going to be allowing with a uh, doulas. And I knew like, if I wanted to do a VBAC, I should hire a doula, I should find because that's not something I did the first time. So I knew it was something I wanted to try this time. But they were like just so unsure if it was like even going to be possible to have that. But when I got my provider, I obviously did not use the same provider as my first time because I wanted to find someone who was one VBAC supportive and just um, just like a different I just wanted to go to a different hospital altogether. I wanted to try something completely different. So I found a midwife that she was out of a different hospital and she was like, not like known for VBACs, but she um, was supportive. It was a VBAC supportive hospital. So I was like excited about that. I was confident in my provider. I was still doubt doubting like <laughs> my body, basically. I was just scared. But like around the time I was like 36, six weeks pregnant or so everything was fine my pregnancy was good I was like yeah I want to say I was like 36 weeks pregnant 30 yeah I had like a little spotting and I ended up going to labor and delivery because I was like I never had that before with my first son I was like hmm I wonder like what what does this mean like because they always put that fear of uterine rupture in your head like 
you have to be careful with anything like that, like just to make sure that's not the case, like that's what's happening. So I went to the labor and delivery at like around 36 weeks and had to get monitored for just spotting. And they checked me and I was a centimeter dilated, but like I wasn't in labor or anything. So like other than that, like my pregnancy was fine. And around that same time was when my midwife was saying it would be okay that I hire a doula, that I would be able to have someone, you know, them with me in the, in the, when I deliver. So I didn't hire her till around like 36 weeks. I only had, I think I met her, my, uh, my doula was named Georgina. She came over probably like twice before I actually had the baby, but she was super awesome. She was excited for me to have a VBAC. Um, she basically was, or like she, you know, we had a plan of what would happen. I was still going to plan to stay at home like as long as I could and everything. So, but basically she had come over. So like onto my birth because it all happened pretty quick. So I was actually due October 1st and I had my son on um, September 20th. So it was a Sunday and in the morning we had gone, me and my son and, or me and my husband and my other son, we went to the park and my, my doula had told me something about curb walking, which I don't, I don't know if you guys heard about that, but like, she was like, yeah, you could try that too. I love you know. curb walking. <laughs> I'm like, and I've done curb walking to help my clients get into more of an active pattern. Yeah. I'm yeah. honestly convinced it's one of the reasons why, I don't know. I mean, we don't really, you can't really, you don't know, but, but you I know, feel it like helped. it's definitely something. <laughs> yeah, it did yeah. something for sure because we were at the park and I did some like around the park because we we're at the park. So <laughs> my son was just on the slide and I was just walking around, walking around. And then we went home. Um, it was just like a Sunday, pretty uneventful, but my doula was planning to come that day to have just like a meeting. And she came around noon, 12.30 noon, and we talked for a little bit. She showed me some videos, and then she was going to do this, like, fear release with me, like, kind of like a meditation thing. So I was laying, she, like, had me lay on the couch and relax, and she read me this, um, like, thing about, like, letting go of your fear, because she knew, like, how, you know, like, I had so much, like, trauma from my first birth and like how like so much fear with this next one I was like she just wanted me to be more confident and just like that I could do it and so I basically just like laid on the couch and like listened to her talk and it was like funny because like she was done and I like sat up and I'm like something feels like a little weird like my back because I had so 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 many Braxton Hicks contractions, like my whole pregnancy from like when I was like 20 weeks pregnant to like on. And like at the end there, they were just like constant. So I'm like, you know, that's what I just, you know, it's just another Braxton Hicks. But I was like, it just felt a little bit different. So um, she was like, oh, maybe you'll call me tonight. Like as a joke, like totally as a joke. And she ended up, you know, she went home. So I think she left around like two or so from my house and 
I was just hanging around. I think I like when I I don't know my son and my uh, my husband and my son were outside playing, and then I was just you know doing stuff around the house, and then I like started getting those that like crampy feeling, and even with the first time around, I was like in denial when I started getting contractions that they were contractions. I always were just like, I have a stomach ache. (laughs) Like, so this kind of same thing happened where it was around, I'd say like three 30, I started getting, you know, what I was calling stomach, stomach pains, (laughs) but what were like, were actually contractions. And I like told my husband, I'm like, um, I don't know. Like, I feel like, I don't know. Like I kind of feel like crampy. So I tried to like time them and they were just like super fat, like coming on like super fast, like only like five minutes apart. And I was like, they're probably, it's probably just a stomach ache. Cause then I don't know, like TMI, but like, then I went like to the bathroom and I you know, had to poop and like, I was like, Oh, okay. Maybe I just had to, that's poop. a sign. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then after like I pooped and then it, you know, it continued. So I was like, okay, so maybe they are contractions. So I was just like, I literally like vacuumed upstairs. Like anyone who knows me is like, wow, that's not surprising. And then I was just like in denial that, that they were actually contractions. But then I was like, okay, these kind of like are really hurting me now. So I was like, I'm going to take a shower and like, maybe that will help just like calm them down. Cause like my mom lives in Tennessee and the last birth, she had to leave in the middle of the night to like, or she had to leave, like it takes her nine hours to get to us. And she had to leave and like rush to get to our house for when my first son was born. And I didn't want her to do that this time around. Cause I felt so bad and she's like you have to let me know and I'm like okay well there's only so much I can you know know for sure but so I told her (laughs) I am having cramps I think they're contractions she's like I'm gonna I told her I was gonna call my doula and take a shower and I'll keep her posted and I had texted my doula and she wasn't responding so I took a shower and it felt good like just to have like the hot water on my back and then I got out and I was like they were just starting to get really intense so I was like laying in my bed and I called my mom and I was like okay she's not answering but I really do think these are contractions and she's like okay well I'm just gonna wait until she responds to you like she would know like for sure that what what it was um but I was like okay well I'm just telling you so I went downstairs and I got the yoga ball because I um, used that so much the first time and I was like thinking, you know, it was going to help <laughs> this this time. And I like sat on it and I was like trying to bounce and like I was in the living room and like I remember I called my husband because they were outside and my, my husband was with my son outside and I called him. I was like, you need to come in the house because these are starting to like really hurt. So he came, he came in and he was like trying to rub my back and like, you know, put do counter pressure and stuff. And my son was like trying to help too, which was really cute. And I started getting um like really intense where I was like really vocal. 
and it was like kind of freaking out my son I think because I was like you know I wasn't crying but I was like on the verge of you know that and I was like okay I'm gonna like go try to take another shower because I don't want to freak him out so I went back and I tried to take another shower and while I'm in the shower I'm like I'm like like really really in pain and I like my son my husband's trying to like make my son dinner yeah I think it was dinner at that point and he's in the kitchen and I'm like screaming from the shower like you need to call my mom and tell her to leave I was like I think we need to go to the hospital and so he's like okay 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 and my luckily we had um for my son my aunt lives down the like like five minutes away so she was our plan to watch my son so she he had called her to and like let her know to come over so luckily she got there really fast but like I was in the shower and then I had that like urge again (laughs) where I was like I think I have to poop again but like I'm not gonna try like I I was too scared that like something was gonna happen because it was just so so intense like so I was just like trying to stay in there as much as I could because the the heat was helping but like it was just it was just like way 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 too hard I couldn't really even control myself at this point like I was just in so much pain my husband's like trying to get the bag and like trying to get my son his dinner and like I am just like screaming and the the um but like I get out of the shower and I'm like trying to get dressed I can't even get dressed I'm like trying to like sit in the bed I was like doing the like being on my hands and knees kind of helped a little so I was like kind of doing that on the bed trying to just like get dressed I'm like we need like our toothbrush I'm like we need this we need that like I had our hospital bag packed but like not like everything so I'm just like half like there trying to tell him what to do and like get stuff and we finally like are like almost ready to like get going but I'm like in so much pain at this point I make it my like make my way down to the living room and like our garage doors right there to get out to the car and I'm like on the ball again just like get my shoes and like let's go and my husband's like okay let's get in the car and I'm like I I can't get in the car right now. Like I literally cannot get in the car. Like if I get in the car, we're going to have a baby in the car. That's how it felt. Like cuz I just felt that like I wasn't like getting the urge to push yet, but it was just, you know, it was like so close to that feeling. So, he's like cuz the hospital that we were going to is about a 25-minute drive from our house. So, like, I just knew, like, I would not be able to stand the pain in my, like, in the car. Plus, we had just bought a new car. (laughs) I was like, I'm not having a baby in our new car. But I just was, like, in so much pain. I'm like, I just can't even get in the car. Like, it's just going to hurt too bad. So, he's like, we can call 911. I was like, no, we can't. We can't call 911, like, for this. (laughs) Like, for some reason, I'm like, you don't do that, like, to have a baby. So, He's like, yes, we have to call 911 because you won't get in the car. <laughs> like, 
And I was like, okay, if you think that, then we can do that. So like he calls 911. And at this point is when my doula finally decides to call, call back. So she's like calling my phone. He's on the phone with 911. And she's like, Kaylee, what's wrong? What's going on? What's going on? Because I had texted her and then Kevin had, my, my husband's name's Kevin. He had called her too to like, be like, hello, like this is what's happening. And she calls and she's like, <laughs> and I'm like yelling and the phone because I'm, in like in my contraction still and she's like I'm like I'm I need to get to the hospital like I'm about to have this baby and she's like what 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 what's going on put Kevin on the phone put Kevin on the phone I'm like Kevin's on the phone with ER like the emergent or 911 or whatever like so finally (laughs) it felt like I don't know it, it probably wasn't even that long but my all of a sudden like the 911 people get there like the paramedics and the fire department like you can hear them pulling up and they walk through our garage into our living room it's like all these men and i actually sent you guys a picture i don't know if you got it but of this and it's kind of hilarious because it's like me in our garage with like eight firemen and like paramedics (laughs) and they're like okay what's going on what do you like how's everything what's going on or whatever I'm like I'm need You're to get like, to the I hospital. Can't get in the car. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, you guys are doing like way too much talking and like not enough driving. Like we need to get to the hospital. I'm like, and we have three hospitals nearby us, and like the one I was going to was not the closest one. And like they're like asked me what's going on. They check you know check my vitals and stuff, and everything's fine. But they're like, okay, we're gonna you know get you to Payless, which is like the hospital that's like right by our house. And I was like, no, we're not going to that hospital. We're going to this little company. This is the hospital that I'm, my midwife is out of. And at this point, like my midwife probably isn't even working. I don't know why I like thought she would, I don't know. Cause I really, you know, it was going, it was happening so fast. So, so they're telling me they, they can't take me to this hospital that I need to go to. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going with you then because I'm not going to this hospital. I'm going to the other hospital. So we did like a little talking back and forth. And then I was like, basically, we were going to like get back in my car or get back in our car. And my husband was going to drive because they weren't going to take me to the hospital I wanted to go to. And then the guy, another guy comes. He's like, oh, the chief said it's okay. We'll let you, we'll take you to the other hospital. So like, whatever. After all of this, finally, we get into the thing and I'm like, okay, you guys need to like go fast. So. I'm in the ambulance and I'm still having like the intense contractions. I'm like squeezing this paramedic, his hand. He he had said he just had a baby too. So he was like, oh, like I know like when I told my wife that, or if I were to tell my wife this at this point, like she would kill me. But like, if you get the urge to push, don't push. I'm like, dude, like, can you just like, can you just like let me hold your hand and scream because that's like how it was at that point so they're driving in the ambulance and they're like calling into the hospital to say like hey we have you know this person she's coming she's in labor she's her water hasn't oh and my water didn't break or anything at this point either and then the hospital told them that they couldn't go there for some reason because they were going to be bypassing these other hospitals and it was apparently against the law or against the oh rules. Oh my gosh. <laughs> to what pass. is going on? <laughs> I know. So 
and I'm like, just get me somewhere at this point because I just was like, I did not want to be in on like a stretcher. I just didn't like everything was just, you know, they were just like weren't moving fast enough for me. But like, they ended up taking me to a different hospital, which is actually the hospital that I gave birth the first time around, which is a really good hospital. I just didn't want to go to that hospital. But as they're pulling me, or as they're like taking me out of the ambulance on the stretcher and rolling me into the ER is when I'm getting the urge to push. So (laughs) I'm like, okay, this is happening now. And the whole time I'm like, I kept telling them, I need to get to the I need to get to the hospital so I can get an epidural because I had this thing in my head that like, if I didn't get an epidural that I would have a C-section and I would have to get, you know, basically that everything would happen again. So I was like, I need to get my epidural. I need to get my epidural. And they roll me into the ER and they basically like put you in like the ER. I had never been to the ER and like, it's like a stall and there's just a million people and there's like, people like sick people on stretchers and I'm like oh like I don't think I shouldn't be in this place right now and especially with like coronavirus was going on too I'm like you know but obviously it's like I just need to get this baby out so they like put me in a stall and there's like a million people asking me questions like what you know how old are you what how many weeks pregnant I was 38 plus three weeks pregnant I know I'm just like repeating myself over and over I'm like you know, answering the same questions over and over. And then I'm like, give me my epidural. I need my epidural because I don't want a C-section. <laughs> like, but not, I didn't say that part, but I'm like, I need an epidural. And um, they're like, the, the doctor comes and he's like, I'm going to check you. And he's like, okay, we can't give you an epidural. Like you need to push this baby out right now. And I'm like, uh, okay, whatever. And so they like, get me ready to push. They basically just like take my clothes off and like pull my legs back. And he like started doing that thing where he like pulls down on your like perineum. And while before I like was doing the actual pushing and it was hurting me so bad. I was like, stop it. Like, what are you doing? Cause it was just like hurting me. And I was like, whatever you're doing, you need to stop. He's like, I need to like do this for, Yeah. And I was like, that's like my biggest pet peeve. Oh my God. I was like, it was more painful than actual yeah. pushing. So I kept screaming at him. I'm like, stop doing that. Stop doing that. that You're hurting me. That's why we created the shirt. Yeah. We have a shirt. Get that up says, out of my perineum. Yeah. <laughs> says, Don't be all up in my perineum. Yeah. Cause <laughs> oh it's God. not comfortable and it's no, not needed. It it's really not. Yeah. Not evidence. No. I actually, yeah, I talked to it about my, to my win- midwife about it after the fact, and she's like, "I know, I need to tell people to stop doing that." Or yeah. and, but yeah, so like I kept yelling at this this man. I was like, "You're hurting me." Then he he actually like stopped doing it. He did it when I pushed, but not like in between pushes, because that's like when it like really hurts. So I put, I start pushing and I'm just in my head, like having like flashbacks to like, oh my God, like he's not coming. He's not coming. Like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was just so like freaked out, but like, I was just literally, I like pushed with all my might. And after like, I think it was like two or three pushes, he came out and I was just like, I just like turned from like pain to like, so happy. I was like, I was just on cloud nine. I was like, 
oh my god oh my god he's out and like i'm like give him to me give him to me like i wanted him to be on my chest and since you're in the er they they don't deliver babies every day so they're like no we need to take him we needed we need to make sure he's okay and he was fine he was crying like he wasn't um you know like he, he wasn't under any like stress or anything but they like <laughs> they like took they're like okay fine you can have him and they put him on my chest for like a second and i was like I was like so happy and then they like took him and then as he's like the guy's like gonna cut the cord I'm like no don't cut it because I wanted you know I wanted to have everything that I wanted I wanted still like the delayed cord clamping I wanted to like have him on my chest I wanted all that experience that I missed out on the first time too but they don't they didn't listen to me they just like cut it and they took him and you know they checked his um you know, everything. And he was, he was fine. He was healthy. So I eventually, at that point, this whole time, which I totally forgot to mention, my husband is driving to the hospital because they didn't let him <laughs> go in the ambulance with oh me. <laughs> so I didn't even know where my husband was. And the nurse calls him on my phone and she's like, yes, we have your wife. She's fine. The baby's healthy. And he's like, what? The baby's here already? I think he was in the waiting room waiting to get oh into gosh. the ER. I know this poor, he missed both births of our children. But um, I know. But honestly, like, I didn't care because I was so happy. Like, he, I had my V back. I was literally so happy. Like, you'll catch him up later. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, like, he missed out on seeing it too, which sucked. But mm -hmm. so eventually we got reunited. They took me up to, like, a labor room or whatever. And that's where I got to put uh I had to push out the placenta which I was actually like really excited for some reason to see the placenta because I didn't get to see that too before then that's when my husband was with me so he got to see that part <laughs> and like when then I got the baby on me and it was just like I mean it was just crazy because so this my son was born at 6:47 my labor started around 3:30 so I mean all of that happened in oh that gosh. amount of time and it was insane just like i just remember like sitting in the room and i'm like how do we have a baby right now like how did this happen i was i mean i was so happy i also felt so good like i didn't have a tear or anything so i you know i just felt good i was i was i was on a whole other level but it was just it happened so quickly that i was also just like is this real like I can't believe that we have a baby, <laughs> but um, I mean, after that, like everything, everything, like I was up and like peeing at like an hour later and yeah, everything was good. It was just, it was awesome. My doula also missed the birth because she did, after she called, she drove up to the hospital, but she was also stuck in the, the waiting room and they didn't let mm. her in, but like she would have missed it anyway. So yeah, so I got, so it was just me, but I did it and I, I was super proud of myself and I as you awesome, should so. be. <laughs> yes. You should be. Very oh, proud yeah. of yourself. That's awesome. You have been on two really wild journeys. Seriously. Like to complete opposites. And yeah. And yeah. both very wild. Very <laughs> you wild. You know, just like, wow, so crazy. Yeah. Um, it's interesting says, you know, as a birth worker sometimes like People will be like, oh, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. And sometimes as birth workers, we're like, hmm, maybe. Like, you know, but like, this is something I've learned. Julie, I'm sure you would agree. Like, mm -hmm. don't ever discredit 
a mom is saying, this is labor. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Because sometimes it's so hard and you just go so fast and then you can't get in a car. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I mean? It's like, so it's funny because so I, I get hard. Yeah. Hearing, I like remember hearing stories like similar where people are like, oh, you know, like I think there was one reason like when a woman like gave birth in a parking lot and I was like, that would be awesome to like have an experience like that. And I never <laughs> honestly ever thought like I would ever have. You know, I didn't even think I was going to be able to have a vaginal birth, let alone something like that. So it felt <laughs> it was crazy. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, and another thing, too, is like uh, on the flip side, Megan, is having clients be like, well, I really don't think this is it. Because that's totally me. With oh, my I know. V-back, I was like, wow, that and was a really gone. weird Braxton Hicks uh-huh. from there in a pattern 10 minutes apart. But I'm not having a baby. Uh, granted, uh-huh. mine was not uh, that fast. But like. Um, my midwife and doula, they're like teasing me. They're like, just rest and put your feet up. And then, cause like I was 38 and a half weeks, like nobody was expecting me to have baby yeah. that early. Right. And so sometimes it's us doulas were like, you know, it's not our job to give medical advice, but like, we just kind of stand at the ready. We're like, okay. And see, like, as soon as, if you, <laughs> if you would have told me, text me, I tell my clients, I'm like, if you ever just have really loose stools or, or pooping like all day. I want to know about that. <laughs> Tell me because that is a, re- that's a sign that like your relaxing hormones are really amping up for labor. And it's a sign that it's pretty close. And so as soon as you told me that I was like, yeah, baby's coming. <laughs> that was interesting. But yeah, that's so true. It was like, Oh, I don't think this is labor, but they're like nine centimeters. <laughs> It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Oh, it's so fun. Oh, what a fun, what a fun journey for you. That's that's yeah. crazy, but fun. And we're very proud of you. And you should yeah. be shouting to the rooftops. I yeah. did it. And I feel good about this. Yeah, it definitely felt felt really good. I just don't know if we were to have another kid, how fast it would come. So <laughs> I don't even know if I I kind of just want to end on a good note and you know. <laughs> yeah. Or have out. a home birth with the home birth <laughs> midwife. Yeah, it almost did, I feel like. But at least I didn't have an ambulance birth because that would have been. Yeah, that oh would have been. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I was just nope, talking about precipitous labor. Like, you know, I know we talk about it a lot. Follow your intuition. But truly follow your intuition. If something's telling you, like, this is it, this is time, like, speak loud and and share it. If you're not at the place you're needing or plan to birth, you know, definitely tell people. And it's really hard, like she said you don't feel like you can move. You, you don't like I had one client that had precipitous labor. Things were kind of going slow at first. Like, I think this is maybe contractions. And then it was like, boom, bang, like, (laughs) wow, (laughs) like baby out really fast. Right. And we remember that birth. (laughs) We like almost had to literally her husband and I pick her up and like literally put her shoulders or her arms over our shoulders and picked her up and like walked out. I jumped in the backseat of their car and we were rushing and I'm calling labor delivery. Meet us on the corner. We're going to have a baby. Like, I mean, that just, it just was crazy. It can happen. Our bodies are incredible. So yeah, it's hard. It's hard to know what's going to happen. That's for Expect sure. the unexpected. What was that? I think Sarah made a post the other day that like the only predictable thing about birth is that it's unpredictable. <laughs> yeah, so true. 
Would you like to be a guest on the podcast? Head over to the vbacklink.com slash share and submit your story. For more information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to the vbacklink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.